Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Come back and be the most single most in-demand name by a wide margin. And who knows what coach, it, what team with a good quarterback is going to be looking for a head coach after the 2020, 2024 season. I have a question for you about that, just hypothetically. Nationally, we know he can do no wrong with almost everybody. Like, Rich Eisen couldn't wait to get right back on board after briefly being critical of him in the Colts game. He was playing, you know, sounds of silence. Where are all the Mike Tomlin bashers at? Do you think people who actually make these hires, though, around the league, owners, powerful GMs who, who do this kind of searching, look at him with any level of skepticism based on the lack of great coaches he surrounded himself with? that somebody actually making the decision to maybe fork over $20 million a year to him might be a little bit more, might put a little more scrutiny on that and it, say, you need to hire good people it here. It doesn't seem like they do. It doesn't, Isn't that strange to you? Because there should be a disconnect there. These are people who don't like to just flush money down the toilet even if they have enough to do so. I think that an owner might want to hire a young offensive coach, and so that's his preference, and that would make even like Bill Belichick, he would lose out. I think there's teams that would hire Detroit's offensive coordinator over Belichick. All things being equal, I would. I, if I were running a team, I would. So would I, actually. I mean, I, this is going to shock you right now. What I'm going to say next, and I bring up all the time how when Tomlin goes heads up against Belichick, if it's Bailey Zappi, he loses. He gets in his own head. He doesn't coach well. He gets outfoxed. The team wasn't ready to play New England. Patriots game plan was superior their guys were up for the game more than the Steelers were which made no sense Mm -hmm. that happens against New England whether it's Brady or Zappi if I were if I were an owner and Tomlin was a free agent I would hire Tomlin over Belichick right now those two guys those are my two options that doesn't shock me though I think you've said that to me before and also to me that is a no-brainer one guy is 20 years younger than the other guy and and I think you'll agree with this I don't know how you couldn't it's numbers based both of those guys, when ranked how they've done post-Hall of Fame quarterback, in Belichick's case, the single best ever to do it, Tomlin has done a better job in terms of wins and losses. He's lost to Bill, yes, but Bill has been notably terrible. He's been to one playoff game without him. Tomlin's about to play his first post-Ben game. Bill has had more seasons without Brady to do all this. And Bill got humiliated in all-time fashion, even more, worse than what happened to the Steelers against Kansas City in their most recent voyage. So I think Tomlin would have to be a more attractive candidate. I also think, I also think maybe fairly, 
you know, we talk about Tomlin's influence on their draft process, but they have always had a GM and they continue to have one. And it seems like Mike allowed Andy and Omar to do what they wanted to do strategically in this draft. They assured him we can still get Joey and we can get Jones too, and, and that's how it went down. The way we know Belichick operates, if he had his eye on somebody, say he wanted Joey Porter Jr., he was just going to take him at 17 if he thought that that was their only chance to get him in that situation. So I think Tomlin is rightly seen as both the younger, more energetic guy and also somebody who's a little more malleable when it comes to personnel. All right, how about this? The game looks like it's going to get played in Buffalo, and it looks like it's still going to be on Sunday, even with all the weather concerns there. Darren Ravel tweeted this out. This is something that they're offering up for for fans, Steelers fans, flocking to the game this weekend. It's called the barbecue cone. Brisket burnt ends with caramelized onions, jalapenos, and peach barbecue sauce in a sesame cone. And then to top it off, they put like a little onion ring on top of it, Malsey. Your thoughts? Feed me. Brisket. The burnt, burnt ends, well, bur caramelized onions. No, brisket burnt ends are one thing there. It's not two separate things. Yeah, I know, but for people but that don't know what burnt, burnt ends, ends are, are the ends, that, yeah, and they're they're like charred and crispy, and some many people would call them the delicacy of the brisket. They are Kansas City's big specialty. Dude, yeah, I, I would inhale one of those, probably two or three of them, and then take a nap. Brisket is a long process, and you can screw it up. God tier if it's done right. Well, God tier you, you, food. You, you trust uh Buffalo to do it? You trust a vendor? You trust, like, the concession stand at a yeah, Bills playoff game to get burn ends right? I trust them for the same reason I trust Budweiser. I don't think I do. I trust them for the same reason I trust Budweiser to give me a repeatable beer. They are making so many of them, presumably they have the process dialed in. Maybe not that you're going to get, like, Franklin barbecue and Texas-level brisket. In fact, you're not. They're not using good enough meat to do that. But you're going to get something that tastes good. Do you hate, do you hate this move? There's something on the menu and you like 90% of it, but you want to get something swapped out. You don't like a side. You don't like I a mean, sauce. I mean, I get stuff without cheese all the time that I like. Right, so you actually. But I think without cheese is, like, pretty common. Because. You know why I can hide behind all the lactose intolerant and allergic people? If I got this, I don't want freaking peach barbecue sauce on why? it. Why? It cuts the acidity and the hotness of the uh, jalapenos. I don't think I like a sauce that tastes like peach. I don't think it actually tastes just like pure Georgia peaches here, man. I think it's still a barbecue sauce that's a little on the sweet Why side. Why can't they just make it a regular barbecue sauce? Because Why mess with a good thing? How do you know it doesn't enhance the entire flavor profile? Every every um, menu item that has a sauce there in the minds of the cook or chef is done so to do exactly what you're talking about, and there are several times where I think you take the sauce off and it makes it better. Well, I will say one thing to give credence to the idea that maybe the, the brisket can't be counted upon to be terrific is anyone that's had barbecue will tell you the best barbecue requires no sauce whatsoever. That's how good it is. Um, but I So still, it's a cell phone by them. I mean, most people still put barbecue sauce on pre-made things like this. The picture you showed me looks awesome, and I, I would devour multiple uh, iterations of that. In fact, I'd even go up and say, give me one with the peach barbecue sauce. And then for my very persnickety friend, Andrew, here, could you give me one with regular barbecue sauce? The other thing, when you're eating a handheld object, I don't want a lot of sauce in there because I don't want it seeping through the cone or whatever this bun thing is and getting all over me. You ever think there's people who are like fine dining chefs who look at a, who look at a thing like that and say every day we stray further from God's light when it comes to food? By the way, uh, yeah, but I hate those people. 
by the way, it doesn't say how much something like this costs. What do you think? Donnie, what do you think here? 30. Burn ends, onions, 30. jalapenos at a football game. You go to Steelers games and look at hot. I don't know. What are hot dog prices at AcroSure? Donnie, have you been devastated by the price of hot dogs? I don't think Donnie eats at games because he gets everything done in the in the parking lot. Yeah, I, would I, don't, I don't usually do too much uh, eating at, at games for price and plus, yeah, I mean, I'm already doing that outside the game. Show me the picture again, Pony. <clears throat> Let me see it relative to the hand size of the person. It's not Andre the Giant holding it. That thing's going for twenty-five-ish dollars, I bet. I'm going to say, yeah, many, I'm going to say, much in the way of burnt ends you're getting. I'm going to say like twenty-eight. Do you have the answer, or do you just? I don't. Ravel didn't post, that? didn't post the price, probably on purpose. I bet you it's twenty-five bucks. I'd eat it. I'm not a big fan of eating during games, and when I went to the Steelers Cardinals game and I was in a box, there was such a cornucopia of great food. Congratulations on all your blue collar success. That I felt compelled to do it. I also didn't want to make the host who was so gracious feel like I was being disrespectful or being uh, unappreciative. So I ate it and I enjoyed it. Yes. But at a playoff game, I don't think my nerves can take just eating a friggin' ice cream cone of brisket. I got to get my eating done before the game, and then depending on how the game goes, that'll also determine how I eat afterwards. Uh... Like Crowley's like, no wings during the game. There's zero chance for a playoff game. I'm sitting there with a lot on the line and... You know, thinking about dipping it's my wild. wings in, bar in blue cheese and getting wing no, sauce all over I'm myself. I'm thinking about eating a little bit of food. I'm amazed. I mean, I, will, I would for the games on what Saturday about drinking? the games after. What about drinking during the game? Absolutely, because i got to take the edge off. Man, you really are a basket case. I am. You're a weirdo during these. And this is not that I'm saying you're not a Steelers fan. I know you are. This technically is not even the team you grew up rooting for. Are you just – are you – I can't even imagine being around you to watch a Giants game if you were emotionally invested. It's different invested. now because it's not the same. I've lived here for so long, and I'm so detached from it. But back in the day, I was, yeah, I'd break things. I'd scream. I punched a door in once. Did anyone who was like a fellow Giants fan friend ever want to punch you? Probably. My mom had like a lucky trumpet that she used to play before games. A lucky trumpet? Yeah, she'd get high, and then she had this like curled up trumpet. like the What one, would you like try to play? Like taps? Like, <laughs> like, you know those, like, curled-up horns yes. that you see that are, like, almost like a Christmas Like ornament? at an amusement park, right? No, like oh, the, oh, the French horn, yeah. Yes. Yes. And she'd get one of those she, out and be like... Doo, doo, doo. She'd, be, she'd be like this. <laughs> yeah, she'd play, different, she'd play a tune. Or she'd sound the horn to, like, get us up for the game, yeah. So she was all baked. Playing, Definitely. Playing oh, absolutely. a French horn-looking thing. She usually had a nice sauce going on a Sunday morning. Like a Sunday sauce. Yeah, get some of that in before the game kicked off. Did she have any special uh, basil and oregano in that sauce? <laughs> I bet it did make it in. I bet wine made it into the sauce. Well, that's just a good sauce. It, the alcohol burns off there. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Get Texas on the Edgar Steiner Associates fan text line. We are just three days away from Steelers and Bills. David versus Goliath. Steelers a 10-point dog, but looks like horrible weather conditions are headed to Buffalo, or more specifically Orchard Park. 
And that has a lot of Steelers fans thinking that it benefits the Steelers and gives them a chance to win the game. Ray Fittipaldo, Steelers insider, Post-Gazette, does a great job, joins us right now. Ray, let's start with this. Is it 100% that this game gets played at 1 o'clock in Buffalo on Sunday? Well, as of an hour ago or so, Pony, the Steelers hadn't heard anything about a potential move. And as you know, if if that game is going to move, they would probably have to make that decision, I would say, tonight or tomorrow morning at the very latest. And I, I just don't see that happening right now. Um, you know, these teams work so hard for home field advantage throughout the season. Lake effect storms are so hard to predict. I don't think they would move yeah. that. Uh, you know, if it might happen, I think it would have to happen beforehand. And um, I, I don't think the weather forecast is calling for that to happen. Ray, maybe more importantly, is Cook lobbying in light of this that you guys need to go up to Buffalo like now? for your car trip <laughs> we actually considered that guys but uh once the forecast uh was kind of settled a little bit we are leaving saturday morning but uh we might have had to get ron an early dismissal again you know so i he he avoided that, that. Uh, starkey well, starkey stuck been very happy for, about that yeah starkey stuck uh, with him for four hours tomorrow ray most of our fans tell us most of our listeners tell us that this weather forecast gives the steelers a much better chance to win the game you buying that well, I mean, I think Buffalo has the better quarterback to cut through that wind. Um, listen, if if the gusts are 40 or 50 miles per hour, no one's going to be throwing the ball deep down the field. You might be able to dink and dunk it a little bit in those conditions, but um, that, that's crazy wind right there. And, you know, no one's going to have a, a good passing game in that type of weather. But, listen, if it's 25-mile-per-hour winds, um, you know, Josh Allen is, is the guy who's going to get it done in those types of situations. But, um, listen, both these teams run the ball really well. Cook has been kind of a revelation for them this season. I thought, I think, you know, the, the last couple of years, they were so good throwing the ball, but it wasn't really conducive to winning in the playoffs or making that Super Bowl run. Now they got a, a good running back and a good running game, and, um, you know, it seems like uh, they're set up um, well for running the ball. Obviously, the Steelers – are in the playoffs, 157 yards uh, average over the last three games. That's the reason why they're here. So um, I, I don't think the weather is going to hurt either of these teams. I think they both can move the ball in this type of weather, and it's likely going to be on the ground because those conditions don't sound, uh, sound like they're going to be um, very good for scoring on Sunday. Mike Tomlin, 9-2 and two this year, Ray, in one-score games since he came into the league as Steelers head coach. Their record in one-score games is by far the league's best. How much of an advantage, if any, do you think his presence and his, his reputation in these you know kind of sloppy situations where the game can end up pretty close because it's just hard to blow a team out would help the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, that's been his calling card certainly for the last two years. You know, keep it close, win it in the fourth quarter, and they've, they've been able – um, to do that. Um, one thing about playing in close games, though, the kicking game potentially could be wild. I mean, you know, the, you've seen punting um, in windy games. That could be an adventure, and field goals can be an adventure, too. So, um, you know, I, I think the key in this game is obviously moving the ball, controlling the ball, but when you do get into the red zone, if the conditions are so bad, the field goal kicking is going to be difficult. You know, you're going to have to take calculated gambles on fourth down and try to punch it into the end zone 
because you don't know how many times you'll get down there. So, you know, I think that's something that these teams are thinking about in advance of the game, and I think that's something the fans should watch out for on Sunday. Speaking of Tomlin, Ray, uh, what do you make of everything we've heard this week about Schefter and Glazer talking about him taking a break and then obviously on the heels of everything that's happened with coaches in the last 24 hours with Belichick, Saban, and Pete Carroll? Yeah, I was not expecting Carroll. You know, the Belichick thing had kind of been rumored for over a month now, so I'm not surprised at that one. Um, I, I would be surprised at Mike taking a year off. I mean, that goes against everything we kind of know about him. You know, he's, he's a guy who is a football junkie. Um, he just he lives for football. And I understand, you know, the, the family dynamics, all the kids are out of the house, and I, I, I get that. But I don't really put a lot of stock into that. Um, was it a negotiating ploy by his agent? I don't know, maybe, um, you know, do those guys have to come up with something for those Sunday morning reports? Yeah, definitely. You know, so I, I kind of take it worth a grain of salt. I, I think they'll try to get an extension done fairly early in the off season, And I think this will be taken care of, but uh, until it happens, I'm sure it's going to be a storyline. Ray, do you buy what uh, Jerry Dulac is selling that even if Mason wins this game and outplays and outshines, uh, Josh Allen and goes into the Lions den and outplays a guy that's a great franchise quarterback. If he's coming back next year, still as the backup. Uh, let's let the playoffs play out. I mean, listen, if I'm not saying they're going to win on Sunday, but if they make a little bit of a run, you know, that could certainly change things. But I do think if if the season ends this weekend in Buffalo, um, that they're probably going to go back to Kenny and they'll bring a new OC in to work with him. So I think that's probably the direction I think most people think it's going to go, but I definitely want to see how, how long they could ride this Mason train. I mean, it's um, he's been really good. I mean, what he did in Baltimore, 18 for 20 in those conditions, hit the big play when he needed it. Um, that was really impressive. So I, I just want to see how long he can keep this going. And I'm not really um, looking to shut the door on him, um, you know, from, from keeping, uh, you know, keeping this this train rolling here. So I, I kind of want to see what happens, but I think in the end, I think it's probably Pickett's job again uh, in 2024. Ray, what do you make of, I know we, we've talked about the depth chart. I know you said they, that you feel like they might have done it this way to help Kenny's psyche, but I'm curious as to why or what you think about the fact that whenever Tomlin's been asked about Rudolph, he's been a little curt about it and kind of said, I, I'm not going to repeat myself. I, I say the same thing about this guy every time. And then he says, Mason's got a lot of confidence in himself. But he never really says, and I have a lot of confidence in Mason, too. That second part always gets omitted. Do you think that's a little unusual? And if so, why do you think he's doing it that way? See, I, I haven't read him that way the last couple of weeks. When he speaks about Mason's confidence, um, I, I think he's actually paying him a big compliment. And you need that. When you're a number three, and there's been plenty of opportunities for self-doubt to kick in, and then you come in and ball the way that he's balled for the last three weeks. That's impressive. I, I think uh, Tomlin, um, you know, has taken notice of that. So I, I don't get that read that, that maybe you did. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't think Mike has to come out and say he has confidence in him. I think the most important thing is the way they're calling these games. Um, Mike Sullivan has confidence in him. The players in that locker room have confidence in him. They want to play with him. They want to play for him. He has that type of um, 
uh, you know, leadership in him, good relationships within that locker room. So um, whether Mike comes out and says it or not, I, I don't think that important. I, I think the most important thing is that those players and those coaches are rallying around him right now, and I, you know, I think we're seeing that come through with his play. Ray Fittipaldo, Steelers insider, headed up to Buffalo to watch the Steelers and Bills Sunday 1 o'clock. Buffalo, a 10-point underdog here at the Rivers Casino Sportsbook. 10-point favorite. 10-point favorite, thank you, at the uh, Rivers Casino Sportsbook. Ray, thanks so much. Enjoy that ride with Cook. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Just got another text here on this whole thing okay. regarding the Steelers game in Buffalo and the lake effect snow bands that could affect Orchard Park and drop feet of snow and cause whiteouts and cause major roads to get shut down and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, I tweeted out what Marty Griffin said this morning on KDK Radio. Donnie, do you have that audio so people can hear it for themselves? You got that? When you get that queued up, let me know in my headset. Okay, let's hear it again. My boys work at the stadium in Cleveland. Got a phone call to get ready. You're hearing this. I was told this. All right. Just saying. So stadium officials in Cleveland were told, stand by. Be prepared to host this game. Steelers and, and uh, Bills. Larry's all right there. Not without a hint of skepticism. I would agree with that. And I posted that uh, comment, and it went viral, and... Since then, a bunch of NFL insiders, both nationally, locally, in Cleveland, here even have said, Steelers spokesperson said they didn't know anything about it, and they don't think it's going to happen. And that all happened at what? When did that? Between 2 and 3 o'clock, yeah, I think. right. Well, no, I think between 3 and, three and, three and 4. 3 and 4, okay, yeah. Then KDK-TV ran a story in the last hour that it is true that Chris the game could move, to, could move to Cleveland. And he hasn't retracted that or anything. No. Now, the NFL told reporters in Buffalo that discussions haven't even taken place. I find that hard to believe. That I they think wouldn't discussions just, have taken They place. have to. Whenever there's the threat of weather that could impact people's ability to get to a game not just, just responsible fans, but it's like responsible contingency planning for any large organization that puts on big events which is of course the crux of what the nfl does i mean i don't know people are i don't know how familiar people are with orchard park it's not like the team hotels right next to the stadium no it's south it's of the a, city it's in a damn neighborhood right it's well how what about 10 15 miles south of buffalo yeah so where the teams so where the steelers stay isn't right next door to the stadium it's not like they're going to camp out there Saturday night for the game Sunday afternoon if the throughway or the major highways to get to the stadium are shut down because of snow then they can't play the it's, game. It's basically like if the state if okay you drew a straight line down from Pittsburgh you'd be in Washington County and that's where the stadium is essentially. So I mean Marty's gotten you know crushed for this reporters have come out and said he's wrong. The NFL itself has come out and said he's wrong. That's why. That's why I was just referring to with the Buffalo reporter saying that that's what the NFL, the league was saying. I've gotten by extension some people are coming after me for even putting it out there when it's, it's not even my report. I just when someone in Marty's case who has broken hundreds of news stories says on one of our radio stations today that a game might get moved to Cleveland. 
that's newsworthy. Yes. You know, like I'm not going to ignore that or pretend like it didn't happen. And what it's at least done is it started a conversation and people have shut it down. Um, right? Like I shouldn't feel bad about I didn't do anything wrong. If you felt bad about every time somebody sends you a nasty tweet, you'd feel bad all the time. Yes. So, no, don't feel bad. He's the one who went with the report. You merely are the messenger here. You're the middleman. You passed it along. And there's even a clip from – there's even a clip online. I was texting Marty about this this morning, and I checked into it with Bill's people that I still know having worked up there now a long time ago, 15 years ago, but they're still friends, and they said to me, yeah, we haven't heard anything about this. They would be shocked, stunned, like right now 0% that it gets moved. Okay. But that was also at 9.30 this morning. Okay. Eight hours have gone by, so it's just – I don't know. Sounds like you're com- not completely dismissing this out of hand. Like there's I, the chance that something's well, churning I, behind the scenes that the league doesn't want to make public I, I, I guess if I had to thrash out my opinion on this right now, I would say I think there's a scenario where they can't play the game in Buffalo at 1 o'clock. And maybe they realize that a few hours before and it gets pushed back to a later time that day, which the NFL doesn't want to put two NFL playoff games on at the same time. I get that. But there are extenuating circumstances. And there is, even though people you know plan their whole lives around NFL games and NFL playoff games, there is also the convenience of Monday's a holiday. So if you had to play the game in the afternoon, you'd have a lot of people at home. Correct. As it is. Correct. So I get the Cleveland thing. The Cleveland thing would you'd have to get a stadium ready in a very short amount of time, which the Cleveland thing just still seems specious and it seems like you'd be able to, even though it would not be ideal, you'd do right by the Bills and wouldn't screw yourself by putting a game on at the same time by just sucking it up and saying, Yes, it's a Monday afternoon, but we'll put the game on at like three or four PM. It won't run into the Monday night game. It's a holiday like you just said. You'll have a ton of people at home. And it is the NFL. I am very confident that the game would still do massive ratings numbers. So that would be that would be the worst. The game taking place Monday afternoon would be the death of me, and you, and other Steelers fans who have to work that day. I think you and I would be, have a contingency plan in place where we would tell our boss that uh, we'll do we'll work after the game. Is that contingency plan? Zach <coughs> <coughs> Gelb. Contingency plan's name is Zach. Yeah. I mean, how much would Donnie actually listen to the words that were coming out of our mouth if the game was one o'clock on Monday or started at one o'clock on Monday afternoon? We come on. The I air could go two. on the air and say pee pee poo poo, and Donnie would be like, "Huh?" At four o'clock, if that's when the game started, we get we'd get Donnie's full attention for two hours. At four o five, I could go, "Hey, Donnie, so I just won ten billion dollars, huh?" What? Oh yeah, good for you. Or sorry that happened. We had to do shows. When there were those weekday COVID games going on, like that Wednesday game between vividly, the Steelers and Ravens. I remember sitting in my house watching Steelers-Ravens on the TV while we did a show. I had to do shows against Steelers games every Sunday when the station started. I forgot about that. And oh. I, it took me it took me well over – it took me several months to figure it out, but I finally got the formula for it. And what was that? Just, I just did don't a fa- talk Steelers? I, I did a running fantasy football show. I just had fantasy football guests come on and give me updates on like I would during the early oh, window. I don't mind that. During the early window, I would get people to like. Our, remember our old buddy Hal Spivak, 
who might still be yeah, listening to this yeah, show. They, that's a that's, man. That's I a blast that from the past. He still listens, I think. He occasionally will Congratulations te- text on all me. his success. I, he had his own fantasy site. I would get him on in that early window and say, who are the plays for the late window, like big plays? Uh, I would track what was going on in other games, and I would just, like, maybe preview the matchup, the Sunday night matchup, and then this was the beauty of it. I said, well, screw it. Everyone's watching the Steelers game probably. I'll just basically do the same stuff every hour. Like, I'm not going to change my topics. I'm going to consider my audience as constantly rotational. So old Mulsey was handed chicken you-know-what by our then boss, and I made it the best chicken salad I could, pal. I, I can't eat during a Steelers game. I can't imagine having to – during a Steelers playoff game, I can't imagine having to host a show. Well, here was the worst on. part. Then I told our boss at the time, you know, I don't talk – I forget how I framed it, but it was about, like, you know, I am on during the Steelers game or something, and he was he took it as, so you want to talk more Steelers because you don't think you have the same chance everyone else does? Good. You're going to work from the end of Monday Night Football to 540. So then I would do six-hour shows the following night. Oh. I haven't talked to that boss since except for, like, two minutes once. Yeah. The old Mulsey 12 to 540 power hour. I'm trying to think of what's the worst – Steelers playoff game weather-wise of our lifetimes where the weather really affected the game. I know how cold it was for the AFC Championship game in 04, but I don't actually feel like that affected the outcome of the game at all. I don't think it was something that limited the offenses and defenses of both teams and game plans plans had to adapt or adjust. Honestly, I think the Browns' comeback game, there was a slick conditions. that. Remember, go back and watch that video. I'm sure you can picture in your mind's eye. Of Dennis Northcutt dropping the football? But that's like when Heinz Field would be a mud pit by that point in the year because of Whippeal games. The the grass just sucked anyway. They hadn't dialed it in and gotten it, like, a lot better. So it was just a brown field that was all slick and covered in ice. I'd put that one very high up on the list. Isn't the Mike Renfro game a pretty bad weather game? Cold weather, at least? Not our lifetimes, but yeah. Um, Renfro AFC championship game. Renfro did catch that ball, by the way, with two feet down. Yeah, Houston ended up getting blown out. Getting blown out. Could have changed the entire touchdown. If you had come on the air in Houston the next day, you'd have said, that changed the entire complexion of this football game. I don't know. I don't think I would have said that. Um, I'm trying to think of bad we- other bad weather games, though. I still go back to that 96 game in Foxborough. Uh, Steelers playing the Patriots basically in the fog. Uh, and the Patriots just wiped the floor with them, is my recollection of that game, that it was fairly foggy and, and not competitive. Um, I would actually say, though, that Browns game in the 2002 season, the 2000, early 2003, that would, be my, that would be my go-to there. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.